You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The rand is under pressure, the oil price is under pressure, potential growth prospects for the world are under severe pressure. Let's put some perspective into all those matters and more with Annabelle Bishop, who's the chief economist at Investec in Johannesburg. The rand has blown out, Annabelle. I can't remember what the all-time low was against the US dollar, but it must be approaching that. I mean, this is like Nenegate levels, I think. Yeah, Bloomberg's rep- uh, reported it uh, above 17 rand to the US dollar. But I think the key point to remind there was that that only happened over the weekend in very thin Asian trade. And obviously now it's it's closer to about 16 rand, 17 to the US dollar. So what that really means is, you know, Asian trade is quite thin in the rand. People don't trade that much in it compared to when the other markets are open, perhaps you'd say during Western Hemisphere, um, you know, daylight times, trading times. And of course, you know, so the, the rand, because of the, the trading conditions are thin, uh, the liquidity is not too significant. And of course, then the currency can move quite a lot. So, you know, if you have a look at what Bloom, uh, or sorry, what Arnie Bridges or Iris has recorded this morning, they're saying that it reached a high of 16.97. And, you know, that's probably a more solid um, you know, high point than that, that that one spark in the thin trade. And then, of course, you know, the RAND having reached 1697 has backtracked very substantially back to 1617. So, you mm. know, a very strong bounce, bounce back from that key resistance level, which obviously 17 to around the US dollar really is. You know, the um, tracking back, I suppose, indicates perhaps the markets were seen to be a bit overdone. Yes, markets are definitely overdone on, on this Monday. I mean, there's a genuine sense of panic. And when people panic, you should probably sit back and say, okay, let the panic subside and then we start to buy. I'm looking at uh, our, our bond market, uh, our bond market, 18 basis points a week of the yields rising uh, for the R186, uh, for example, the R209 up uh, 12 basis points or 1.2%, something like that. I'm sure a few people might be saying perhaps we should be looking at these sort of things, the, the bond market, first of all, because the yields in the United States have collapsed again. Yes, and I think, you know, the key point is that, you know, really, you know, for us in South Africa, there's quite a few factors which really um, have an impact on us, not just obviously the global financial markets, although those are obviously very key, but also, of course, as well, anticipation around the budget, all of those factors. So, you know, you really point to the R186, and of course, you know, obviously, as the yield rises, so it becomes substantially cheaper, I'm sure you obviously will find market players looking for levels to come in. Yes, indeed. And uh, will people start looking for levels to come in in the oil price? Because it was two and a half weeks ago that the oil price was trading merrily between $55 and $60 a barrel. It's now clinging on to $30 a barrel, which is one of the most extraordinary commodity price moves I've ever seen. And I've been around for a little while, Annabelle. <laughs> Look, I mean, you're at 34 what's it, $34.56 dollars a barrel is your Brent crude oil price currently on Bloomberg. You know, obviously it's it's it's, it's really a <laughs> steep drop, as you said. And I don't think it's all just global financial market sentiment risk off. You know, obviously COVID-19 has been causing a lot of concerns globally. It's been sparking this massive risk off. And of course, obviously South Africa is showing some cases as well. And, you know, obviously having a look at the oil price, of course, you know, the, the, the um, efforts earlier in the year by OPEC were to try and get um, some support, you know, to reduce um, production to support the oil price. And of course, that hasn't gone that well. You know, some key countries or even, you know, affiliated countries who, you know, work together with OPEC, not really um, fulfilling that effort. And of course, now obviously a bit of a price war going on there. 
Yes, there is a price war there. And my take on this whole situation, Annabelle, is that uh, demand has collapsed. Everyone can say that the one and a half million cut that was proposed by OPEC at their meeting in Vienna or just prior to their meeting in Vienna, which of course has uh, gone to the wind, as they say, was mm -hmm. not the real reason for it. It was just the icing on the bear's cake. I think the real reason was the collapse in demand because of the coronavirus, because of lack of traveling and therefore a lack of demand for aviation fuel and its associated products. And therefore the OPEC people have said, you know what we're going to get a slice of the cake here we need whatever demand there is we want so we'll cut our prices and everything collapse to me it's all about the lack of demand not the supply story that's my take on it and remember also well of course is the fact that you know china is a big refinery hub for crude oil. Mm. And, you know, obviously the problems that China's been facing, you know, origin, uh, with the virus originating in Wuhan, of course, you know, with the travel bans there, that, that put a big dampening on the oil price at the start, of course, of, of this um, COVID-19 um, disease spread. And, of course, you know, the, the great concern is that, you know, th there's no clarity on how, long, how much longer it will last. You know, exactly understanding this um, disease has also proved to take some time. You know, no widespread vaccinations yet. And, of course, you know, China not up and running, not business as usual, as you said earlier. And the concern, I suppose, certainly is that, you know, if, 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 if this persists for a lengthy period of time, then obviously things will get worse and worse. And of course, remember, there's obviously inventories built up. And of course, you know, from that perspective, the producers, many producers will be hanging on by the skin of their teeth. A lot of countries can't actually profitably produce at $30 a barrel or, you know, even below $50 a barrel. And of course, even in Africa, there's, there's a lot of oil producing countries who battle. And of course, that'll have a negative impact on their government finances. Saudi Arabia, quite lucky because obviously with its oil sands, its production is quite cheap. And of course, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you know, spark in this perceived price war, the, the concern certainly is that, you know, it's, it's trying to obviously strong arm the other countries, other members um, countries into now trying to provide some sort of quota. Yes, indeed. Well, from a South African Reserve Bank point of view, the Monetary Policy Committee must be uh, sending each other texts furiously this morning. But there's, there's good and bad here. The oil price is obviously very good for South Africa. The RAND has probably mitigated the, the benefits of a weaker oil price, but not quite as much. So I think today, actually, South Africa, from an inflation point of view, is probably positive. I would, I would say that. But on the other hand, we can't cut rates with the RAND at 1620. So the Reserve Bank obviously very concerned about, likely to be very concerned about the very substantial um, weakening in the currency. But I think you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, very much a situation where the drop in the oil price is actually really actually tended to outweigh the negative impact of brand weakness. And at the moment, the um, daily fact sheet that we get sent on the basic fuel price is really showing um, the potential for maybe a 65% per litre cut in the petrol price come um the first Wednesday in April. Look, obviously, there can be a lot of fluctuations between then and now. But, um, you know, our sense is that the unless there really does turn to be out to be a global full-scale pandemic and things get a lot worse, our sense is Iran's probably going to settle comfortably around the $16 to the US mark, if not track back towards, you know, the high $15 to the US mark. Because as you said earlier, you know, these um, high bond yields in South Africa are providing very attractive returns, you know, with our low inflation rate. Our bond yields 8% to above our inflation around 45 So that still provides some trading incentive there. And that could really be helping the domestic currency to move back towards 16 rand to the dollar and below. So perhaps 
perhaps, um, you know, we, we, we will be in line for this petrol price cut. Difficult time for the Reserve Bank because very recently, Lesetra Kanyaga put out a statement saying country risk is elevated in South Africa. And despite the space created by the lower inflation for interest rate cuts, they're very worried about the elevation in country risk. Talking to the fact that Moody's credit rating review comes in at the end of March, the 27th of March. And of course, the worry there very much is the situation where... Um, if we did see a downgrade, it could put further upward pressure on our borrowing costs and, of course, on our repo rate as well, making it a difficult time for them to cut. So I'd say we're going into this meeting at the moment on the 19th of March, you know, almost with a 50-50 chance of a, of a 25 basis point um, cut. If not in March, then we'd certainly anticipate one in May. Yes, indeed. Uh, maybe they'll follow what's happened in the United States of America where there was an emergency cut last week. can't remember what day it was. Day it was. I think it was, was it Thursday or Tuesday? Tuesday anyway, night. Tuesday night, yeah. Tuesday F- night. Five o'clock South yeah. African time. Well, yeah. Secha Kanyaga is not uh, as knee-jerk as uh, Jerome Powell is, obviously being prodded by somebody in, in, a, in a higher power. And about what are the implications for global GDP after what we've seen over the last two weeks and indeed over the last 12 hours? Because it must mean that certain countries are going to go into a recession in the next uh, one or two quarters. Yes, well, look, certainly the 3.3% forecast by the IMF for economic growth this year is no longer likely. And of course, you know, the um, anticipation is that it will come out substantially lower. The latest focus um, economics consensus um, survey really shows that could drop by about 0.5, you know, into the twos category. And of course, you know, markets factoring in something worse than that, you know, closer to a halving of growth with, as you quite rightly said, a number of countries risking recession. So with, you know, a lot, a lot of countries obviously could could be battling and look to face recession. South Africa could, will likely also see its GDP growth revised down quite significantly. And of course, the, the risk is that we are coming up for a Moody's credit rating. But I think in this environment, all countries are facing low economic growth because of COVID-19. And of course, you know, greater pressure on the government finances, you know, where those countries give support to assist their economies. And as a consequence of that, obviously, Moody's, when it does its review of South Africa, tends to do a peer review as well. And it'll probably judge us against those other countries. So we're still not necessarily going for Moody's credit rating downgrade in March. We believe there's it's a fairly close call, but they, they could wait a bit longer. Annabelle, thanks so much for your analysis. This is a fluid situation. It's changing by the hour, and we'll speak very soon. Annabelle Bishop is the Chief Economist at Investec in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.